We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Listen up, Rotor Grinders. It's the ownership report here on rotorgrinders.com. My name is Chris Jamino, projected ownership analyst at RG, and joining me to go over the week 15 numbers in the National Football League is Britt Devine. You can find him at said name on the Daily Fantasy sites. Britt, what's going on, man? Are you absolutely pumped for whatever COVID news is going to turn this slate on its head after this? Dude, this uh this whole week, and I guess we could we could have seen this coming maybe a little bit last week too. Uh, but it's just really throwing everything for a loop. Uh, you know, I usually do that pro football focus show on Fridays. That show is great to do because we usually have all the information. Now I'm excited to do the show with you today because we have more information. The only problem is we're going to have not all the information because we know more stuff is going to happen later today, Sunday morning, things like that. So you really got to stay on your toes this week. Hey, at least we're not talking NBA. So we good luck later with me with that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, it's, it's, it's a bit of a, an adventure all out there in the sports landscape trying to make predictions of all different types. Today, we're talking about player popularity. And Britt, where we go on this show, since I think, is this your first time doing this show? 
So I have done this show, but don't get me wrong. You know, I'm used to sending you those messages to me, you know, Hey, this guy's yeah. too low. This guy's too high. I know oh, you yeah. hate me for it sometimes, but uh, I, I'm no. ready to go today. It's going to be fun. No way. I don't have the ego, man. We are ready to take criticism on these numbers at all times. That's what we're going to talk about on this show. And we are going to start at the quarterback position where Kyler Murray is playing the Detroit Lions. And folks, if you haven't watched the Detroit Lions all season long, you have not seen the fact that they are ready, willing, and able to give up fantasy points, particularly to a dangerous player like Kyler Murray. His popularity is merited, but the question I have for you, Britt, is he the most popular quarterback on the slate, or is one of these other guys going to eclipse him? Well, the problem this slate is we only have, what, we're down to nine games, which is the lowest amount we've had all season. And there's really no quarterback. There's, you know, these running quarterbacks in games that could be shootouts or could be close. We have none of those this week. We have Josh Allen, maybe, uh, you know, what were we scouting him with his girlfriend at a play on Tuesday, but he's been taken off the injury report. We have all these things. I'm sort of leaning as Kyler Murray as the most popular one for a couple of reasons. One, in these games that have been blowout this season, Josh Allen hasn't always come through. If you look through some of his game logs, Kyler Murray, week one, Tennessee, 34 DraftKings points. Um, they blew out the Rams week four, 22 DraftKings points. They blew out Cleveland, 25 fantasy points. They blew out Houston, 22 fantasy points. What I'm getting at is even in these games that have been blowouts this season, Kyler Murray finds a way to get it done. Josh Allen, much more inconsistent. And that bad Josh Allen has certainly shown up a lot more this year than he did last year. So if we're choosing between some of these guys, I do like Kyler Murray as the top one. The, the question I have for you, Jamino, in terms of stacking, what, who are we stacking with either of these guys towards the top with this week? Because there's no go-to number one anymore on Arizona. Uh, you know Josh Allen likes to spread it around a lot. I'm having trouble really trying to nail down who to use these guys with in tournaments. Yeah, I think we've seen on a number of different occasions – uh, situation where I saw the Wildcat taken down with just a two double stack and no bring back. A, a lot of times uh, this season, we have seen that people getting off of the idea that we must bring it back have been pretty successful. It is certainly not the case that there is a hard and fast rule. You would know this. You studied the millionaire maker results oh, yeah. that generally speaking, we do want to run it back in these bigger tournaments. But I will say that I don't think with Kyler Murray, it is an absolute essential that you have a pairing, albeit if you can get uh, you know, multiple lineups in there and, and try to mix it and match that second, that receiver pairing with him, you will probably find more success in the long run. That's my opinion on it. As far as bringing it back with the Lions, though, good luck. I got, I got one for sure. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to be running the back, but we'll save that for later in the show. Yeah. And you'll see, and you know, and you'll, well, yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll talk about this a little, like you said, we'll talk about it a little bit later. Let's talk about Josh Allen though, because we're not confused about what to do with the stacks here. When you look at the DraftKings setup, it is extremely easy to double stack Josh Allen with the options available to him. Cole Beasley, if you're looking for uh, a somewhat uh, safer median score, uh, you know, you've got Gabriel Davis also on the cheap to stack him with. And Stefan Diggs isn't necessarily through the roof in price. You can, you know, get Dawson Knox in there. You're going to see lots of Josh Allen. That's my point. Yeah, I think Allen's going to fall just behind. I agree completely. Both of these guys up towards the top. I think the field will prefer Kyler Murray, uh, specifically on DraftKings. It saves you 200. Uh, he has 100 more on FanDuel, so it does get a little bit closer there. But I do think the field uh, is going to prefer Kyler Murray just a smidge over Josh Allen. I have no problem with Josh Allen. He can get there on the ground. We saw that last week. He can get there through the air. Um, it's just if, if you have to pick one, I feel Kyler probably not only, right, he's in a dome in Detroit. 
uh, versus Josh Allen playing in the cold in Buffalo. We know how this cold weather can sometimes be. It doesn't really affect Josh Allen. All things considered, um, I'm taking Kyler Murray over Josh Allen in tournaments, um, but I'm certainly behind Josh Allen being the second most popular quarterback. Now you will see on Yahoo, I think the pricing difference there, 34 bucks for Josh. I think uh, Kyler Murray's 41. Mm -hmm. So I think you'll probably end up taking the 34 for Allen more often on that particular site. And you'll see the ownership reflect that there. Now too, I just mentioned him. Now he's 5.7 on DraftKings. Uh, you probably don't need to get there or want to go there as much on FanDuel where he is, uh, where the, you know, the pricing structure just a little bit softer this week. Uh, but on DraftKings, that 5,700 can get you someplace and you also got some pretty cheap and effective pairing options against a weak Jets passing defense. Do you believe that Tua will be popular? So I do think Tua will be popular. The I think the problem I'm having with him is it's almost too popular, I guess, when you include his stacking options, in, in my opinion, right? Because wh who's the wide receiver of the week? Devontae Parker. Who's the tight end of the week? Mike Gusecki. Who's the running back of the week? That's uh, Miles Gaskin. So you combine all of those together, and you're just – now you're forcing yourself when you take him with some of those options because they're cheap. Hey, Devontae Adams looks pretty good because he's the only guy that's expensive, right? So you just end up, you know, in these really multi-entry uh, large field tournaments, you just really end up on a lot of the same things other people might be doing. So while I like it, just be, be warned that you don't do the most obvious things with the rest of your lineup. Don't play James Robinson. Don't play Devonte Adams in that same lineup, right? Do something a little bit different than the rest of the field's gonna be doing when you use those two lineups in my opinion. Yeah, uh, that, that that seems reasonable to me. Uh, certainly, if you move down this list here, then you start to get into a little bit thinner of a, of a tree of options, right? Uh, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, only checked in at 4.2% on the initial run here. Uh, there could be a couple of different reasons impacting that, but uh, Tell me why you think he should be up towards the top of the ownership a little bit more than he is right now, uh, a little under 5%. Yeah, so he, you know, in full disclosure, he's going to be my sub 5% crapper that I sort of talk about uh, towards the end of the show. But I just look at the slate, right? And who's the one quarterback that has 350 and four touchdowns in his arsenal this week? There's maybe Josh Allen, right? But it's, def it's definitely Aaron Rodgers is really the only one I can put that up. And he's sitting there. Sure, you compare him with Devontae Adams, but you can MVS is not going to be popular. Alan Lazard is not going to be popular. You can't really put either one of the running backs in there unless Aaron Jones catches a couple touchdowns or something like that. Um, Baltimore is a little uncertain. Uh, I don't know if you have a read on it. Is Lamar Jackson going to play or is he not? That might take people... Um, like I like Mark Andrews regardless, either way. So you don't have to run it back in 2021 DFS, but if you wanted to, you can, I just think Aaron Rodgers, he is the offense right now. The toe is not bothering him. He is unleashing all of his skills right now in top form. They're the, they're the number one Super Bowl favorite. In my opinion, right now, they have a complete team. He just looks too low at 7,500. Um, and if he, if people are playing Kyler Murray and Josh Allen and Tua, with Devontae Adams, I'd rather just play him with Aaron Rodgers personally and get all of that upside. I just think he's a little too low in terms of the projected ownership. If that creeps up a little bit, maybe I change a little bit, but I do like he's going to be behind Kyler, Josh, Tua, and Dak for sure. I know currently you have Trevor Lawrence over Aaron Rodgers, and I'll talk about that too. I came prepared in case we talked Aaron Rodgers earlier. But who are you? Are you really going to click Trevor Lawrence instead of Aaron Rodgers? I know the price difference well, is is I just I don't know I, I like Aaron Rodgers a lot I was just about to explain how models are great except when you use them 
And <laughs> in this particular case, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is 7.5 and he's projected for 19.87 DraftKings points. And then here you've got at 7.9, Kyler Murray for 24. I mean, it's, it's, it's generally leaning in that way, a pretty strong direction. And there are other situations across the entire landscape of the slate why Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have come up in this initial run uh, on, a, on a Friday night. But I will say that I agree that when, it, when push comes to shove, even though the numbers say, hey, maybe you might want to consider Trevor Lawrence at 5.1, are people really going to click that? You know, there's a lot of, there's some, there, you know, there's, there's some uh, arbitrary, arbitrary biases that get plugged into who people want to play on each NFL Sunday. And I will definitely take a look and see if maybe Aaron Rodgers is a bit under projected here at under 5% because what you're saying does make sense. Now, all, all, Brown, that, all, all those Baltimore secondary players, I, I love Aaron Rodgers if he's going to come in my last week. So let's take a, a closer look here at some of these guys where we have some question marks. I mean, are people, you know, people love George Kittle and Debo Samuel. Are they going to also love pairing that up with Jimmy Garoppolo against the Falcons? Uh, maybe you can answer that question because if he's coming in at 9%, I have some eyebrows raised. Uh, so I guess here's my, this is my personal take, regardless of your projections or anyone's projections is one, uh, I, I am very down on Debo. He is a running back first and a receiver second. I need Debo at his price tag to be a receiver first and a running back second. So he is very low on my totem pole this week. He's someone I would be fading if he comes in as high owned as he does. This is the George Kittle, the Brandon Ayuk show. Um, and, and I do think they can pass a little bit because Jeff Wilson is another person who I think is about a total zero. I just think he's not good. He's not a hundred percent. I don't like Jeff Wilson this week. So I can certainly get behind the Jimmy Garoppolo stacks to Kittle. That makes a lot of sense. You throw in Iuk, uh, I would, I would not be paying that price for Debo in my opinion. Producer, get these skull and crossbones emoji out for Britt here on the Debo Samuel. All this, all this guy does is score fantasy points this season, and you're giving him the old X out. But, hey, look, I get what you're saying. You know, this guy is definitely like – I think we're projecting him for a ton of rushing this week. I mean, like way more than we've ever projected any wide receiver in the past, and that's mostly because of, like you said, you know, he's starting to look more like Cordero Patterson on the other side where he's out in the backfield, and they're turning him into, into like a, a lead back. But, you know, Debo's – pretty good at scoring the touchdowns back there that's what's been holding them up like you were probably like you said maybe if we saw him get a little bit more usage in the passing game we might have a little bit more confidence for the price tag but i digress skull and crossbones on the it Debo could come there. it could come back to bite me right because De Debo certainly is one of the unique skill sets in the league with his ability to create yards with the football on his hand he's done it last year he's done it this year by a wide margin over everyone else so that is uh, my personal take i just need i want him getting seven to ten receptions not seven to ten rushes and one or two receptions that's just not going to get it done for me right now all right, let's talk about one more quarterback here. Well, you know, two more, really, because I want to I want to hear like a is anyone actually going to play Trevor Lawrence thing? But like a Dak Prescott here, you know, he his 6500 seems to fit in pretty well uh in, in you know some of the better looking builds, uh, at least by our projections. I'm not sure how it compares when you plug in, you know, the the varying takes on players throughout the industry, but Dak Prescott is certainly in the realm of playability, you would you would agree. The question is, in this matchup with the Giants, is it going to be too slow and you know run-centric for Dak to get there for a tournament, or do you think we might start to see some of the stuff we saw in week one from Dak? 
I'm expecting them to lean on the passing game, right? Well, unless unless top Tony Pollard comes back, it's just Zeke. They they need to baby Zeke. We saw that last week. They get the lead. Zeke starts taking a break here. He's not fully healthy. They're going to baby him to get into the playoffs. Pollard comes in, and if Pollard's fully healthy, maybe they can lean on the running game a little bit more because I I, I honestly think Pollard's probably a better fit for the Cowboys offense than Zeke is as the lead back, in my opinion, at this point. I don't even think that's a hot take anymore, but Dak looks pretty good. Um, I might, I definitely prefer Aaron Rodgers over Dak. I mean, what Dak throwing for 350 and four touchdowns, right? Against the Giants probably isn't going to happen because what do the Cowboys, the Cowboys want to run the ball and the Packers want to throw the ball. So this would be like my, my personal, I don't think you're, ownership projections are off this is just my take I would play more Aaron Rodgers and maybe short the Dak Prescott of the world I like the other guys I like Murray I like Allen I like Tua probably a little bit more than Dak because he just has that lingering calf issue it's hard to like they spread it around so much they have the full three fully healthy wide receivers now they still have Schultz at tight end they've dumped it off in the passing game are you you're not going to play Dak naked right because he's not really running that much anymore, although he did a little bit in the last game. So it's just, you're, I feel like if you're playing multiple lineups, you're throwing a few of those more than a few in the garbage in an attempt to get the correct stack. Not something I, I like to do too often here. I'd like to have the more narrow tree, Aaron Rodgers to Devonte Adams. I know I'm going to get my points uh, Dak to whoever a little bit more difficult without that rushing upside. So me personally, I'm a little bit more down on deck. The giants are the cure all for everything. Um, that's just my take on it. Okay, so speaking of skull and crossbones, uh, <laughs> Urban Meyer is now uh, uh, no longer with us in the NFL sphere. Uh, number one overall draft choice, Trevor Lawrence, has been putrid under his leadership. Do we think he has absolutely anything to do with Trevor Lawrence's performance this season? Uh, we certainly got a good matchup coming up here for Lawrence, and this is why I ask because he's checking in with a couple of points here. Ownership-wise, is this real? Are people going to play him, and does he have any chance at all of actually producing fantasy points? So uh, I'll talk about this more later. I guess my main take is the Jaguars. Sure, they're not good, but that team has not been trying for maybe three or four weeks, in my honest opinion. Uh, they will certainly be trying this week. So uh, I like plenty of the Jaguars, and this is also – uh, likely your highest leverage spot to get a pass game over a run game. All right. Well, speaking of leverage spots, Britt, if we want to go ahead and get leverage spots, we can go ahead and sign up for RG Premium and get access to all of the information, including the ownership projections, which are going to update after the show and be available at your leisure. Go ahead and click the green box top right of rotogrinders.com. Get yourself a subscription as we move on to running back. Now, at running back, you mentioned – James Robinson, I have him at 31% right now. The only concern of mine is that for some reason, people have been drinking heavily before they make their lineups and they'll actually go over this mark and get themselves obsessed with a Jaguars running back as the stone chalk of the week. I have some reasons to believe that it's correct to be interested in him, but also the ownership does concern me. What do we do here, Brett? Is he going to be the chalk and do we actually want to be involved with James Robinson chalk? So I think anyone, how many people that play, you know, what percentage of DFS players look at any sort of content, listen to something, follow something on Twitter, right? Play seasonal fantasy because everyone's going to be playing James Robinson this week. If you're involved in any of that stuff this week, I, I think 30, the, the 5,400 on DraftKings, right? People will, if they're in that range, they will definitely play James Robinson over Miles Gaskin. So like they're, they're going to, 
take that. You've got Carlos Hyde out. You've got the coaching change. I think it's going to be pretty high uh, at 5,400. It's a great spot. Um, you know, I was looking at the Blitz. The Blitz has them well over 100 yards rushing. Uh, it's just uh, a total smash spot, in my opinion, if you believe the Jaguars offense can actually do something this week. I'm on board with them being the highest owned, highest owned running back. Where do you stand on that? It seemed like you were being cautious with his ownership and expect it to be higher. What's your take on him this week? Well, it's because of the, because of the pricing structure being a little bit limited. And look, you look at the rest of the options that are on this slate, and you're just not finding a ton to fall in love with. I mean, people are certainly not all that much more excited about $4,700 Michael Carter uh, than, than James Robinson, right? Like Miles Gaskin you know, was, was not even sure he was going to be available this week until recently. And of course, as a, as a play, he's not someone we've been excited about all year long. I mean, Jeff Wilson, what's this guy got? How many times this guy got to fail before people start to lose interest in him? Javante Williams has been a little bit banged up, but Saquon Barkley's on the giants for God's sakes. So, I mean, you go down, you go down this list and there's not a lot to get excited about. So my concern with the ownership being low at 31 is that he's just the easy option. They're playing Houston and he's, he's cheap and he has done it before where it's not, hasn't been that long ago since we saw James Robinson uh, get there in the daily fantasy tournament. So that's why I think maybe 31 could be not aggressive enough. Yeah, I agree with you on DraftKings. I would even put him, you currently have him but behind Najee Harris. I know FanDuel's more of like a pick him. Um, but, you know, if you look at the Blitz, I know uh, we have our own gridiron IQ. Um, I think Robinson might even project as close, if not higher than Najee Harris this week. Um, I haven't seen the latest update from Cardi on that. But I, I almost feel like you might even want to put him ahead of Najee on FanDuel as well. I just think he's going to be high owned, the highest owned by far. And if you bump it up a little bit, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that's wrong at all. Sorry, messing with my mute button here. Got the dog going off in the background. But yes, I totally agree with the situation. If you, depending on who your insight is being derived from, if you are looking at the blitz right now, you're going to see James Robinson as an absolute smash play. Our projections aren't quite as bullish on the Jaguars, and I don't think that that's a mistake. Like, I think I think it's fair. I'll just put it to you that way. So not, nothing against anyone else's opinion. We're just being a little bit more conservative there. I just overall think Robinson is an easy, easy, easy super chalk play and someone that you're, he's going to be so popular that you have to at least consider how much exposure you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is after we play him, Jamino, because it is, I was trying to find, you know, looking, filling in for Tuttle, trying to find a lower on running back. There, there really aren't any that you want to use. You really need an injury in game to use any of the running backs that come in maybe sub six, 5% own this week. There's just nothing really tenable to me. Every one of these guys, you know, Najee Harris, I agree because we have nowhere to go for full workload involved in the passing game. I think he should have plenty of ownership as well. Uh, on DraftKings, it's a little tougher because then you maybe you can't get the George Kittles or the Devontae Adams or high-priced quarterback into your lineups if you use Najee. But I like Najee right behind that. Je- Jeff Wilson, I, am, I think Jeff Wilson is not 100% and also not good. Um, he would be, you know, I mentioned I like that 49ers pass game minus Debo. I'm sort of out on Jeff Wilson. Maybe you can be on Debo if you think he's going to take some of his rushing yards, but people are going to use him. That sounds great to me because I don't really believe in Jeff Wilson. So I'm, I'm sort of happy to see the ownership high on him uh, because that, that's a blessing in disguise for me, in my opinion. 
you know, you know, you know, not too long ago, Jeff Wilson, not good, wasn't really a hot take. So uh, I'm not, I'm not going to fault you there for having this opinion of the guy, albeit anyone in the 49ers run game always has a chance here. So he's very liable to get that skull and crossbones right out for you again. But I will say that I'm, I'm not in total disagreement with what you're saying. Now, Michael Carter, I mentioned him very briefly a second ago. He's 4,700. The Dolphins are relatively good defense and the Jets stink on offense, but he does have the capability to have, you know, a pretty premier role if they want to give it to him. And then we're at the point in the season where we start to see some of these young guys ascend and get more workload than even we're projecting in certain spots. So do you think that Carter fits the bill as a guy that people are less excited about than they should be at this price? Or is this a situation where you don't want anything to do with the Jets against a pretty good defense? All right, so I'm, I'm looking for the game Michael Carter had was good without Mike White at quarterback, and yep, yeah, there isn't one. So all, all of those targets were really needed for Michael Carter, and I don't know if that's going to be Zach Wilson's. We've got coach speak, right? We're going to get a good workload for Michael Carter this week. I think NFL coaches have been proven to lie to us most of the time, Jamino, instead of giving us usable quotes. They've got Tevin Coleman, you know, their buddy-buddy, well, they've, like, they've got. Where else are you going to go? I mean, you 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 need some running. I don't hate him, but I I don't know. He's not someone I'm looking to like jam in 100 percent on my teams or anything like that this week. Sorry, I almost interrupted you. I, they've got two Michael Carters on the team. Maybe they were talking about the cornerback. Yeah. Maybe they're trying to get that guy a good workload out there with Devontae Parker. You know, like who knows? But at the same time, uh, this situation is is definitely a little ambiguous. Uh, the price points and the projections say he's he's not too bad of a play. The uh, the fact that he's a Jet. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a good opportunity that, 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 you know, Zach Wilson's bad and, and unable to produce offense without touchdowns. You, you could be in a tough spot in tournaments here with a guy like Michael Carter. Okay. So you mentioned Zeke. We, we won't rehash what's going on with Zeke. You, you, you know, you're, you don't sound too excited about the upside here with a guy like Zeke. Is there anyone down this list that you do have excitement for the upside? Maybe Saquon, um, you know, he's going to get some checkdowns. Uh, he, he, all these backup running backs for the Giants were stealing all my checks downs last week for Saquon Barkley. So if me, they need to keep the game close for him to get his full allotment in the passing game in the fourth quarter. Bit of a stretch to think the Giants are going to be able to keep it close. The problem, Chris, is there's there's literally nobody you want to use this week. Where are the running backs from what, like three weeks ago when we had about 15 we wanted to use? I need that back because this is pretty tough. Talking this through this with you on the show, right? The the skull and crossbones, Michael Carter, skull and crossbones, Jeff Wilson, <laughs> skull and crossbones, Zeke. I have no running backs left to use, Jimmy. You know, it's James yeah, Robinson. Gaskin could he can get there, right? But there's some ways he might not get there as well. It's just it's really tough with the position. So I I, I would find myself personally going overweight James Robinson, overweight Gaskin. I still like Najee. Um, maybe on the lower end, I think Saquon is still a little bit interesting. He could certainly get there. If Mixon's going to be the lower owned one, he's had a bad couple of weeks. You know, that recency bias. I talk about that all the time in the millionaire maker articles. The guy sucks one week. We go back to him. If he sucks two weeks, we forget about him. So that's why Mixon's ownership's coming in a little bit low. That's about really it. And then everything after that, you really need something to happen in game to really get that upside projection that you're looking for. How would you feel about Chase Edmonds if James Conner for some reason wasn't wasn't available? For for sure, he would shoot up. He'd probably be like what the second or third highest on. He'd be right yeah. behind James Robinson in terms of who we want to use this week without question. I just don't, I don't know. I don't really think that's going to happen. 
Yeah. You know, although, you know, what's probably going to happen is they'll just like slide Eno Benjamin into James Connors, like rushing load. And then you just have Chase Evans for whatever he was going to be. Who yeah, knows? I haven't done one of 30 to seven in the fourth quarter. I don't expect either one of those running backs to be getting touches. All right. So we've, we've established that running backs bad. Even David Johnson, who uh, like we have like a little bit of ownership on just because there wasn't supposed to be Rex Burkhead. Well, now it looks like we just added Rex Burkhead to the yep. Linus page. So we, we don't even, we can't even rule out Rex Burkhead yet. So that's he was my, he there. was my crappy player. I was going to go with, but I got another one for you a little bit later. <laughs> okay. Well, we don't know that Burkhead's uh, going to be available. So maybe you can still talk about him. Okay. So speaking of guys like Rex Burkhead, these are the kind of guys that we do not have to talk about or look at on Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season, Britt. Uh, they're going to be uh, doing the fantasy uh, sports and esports for props. Uh, you've seen this, I'm sure. You've seen it around Roto-Grinders all season long. Uh, stop doing research on Rex Burkhead and get over there and start looking at the top-tier athletes with the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available players to build your lineup. Each prop's going to be assigned a value for the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, and you'll rack up the most points and obviously win your share of the prize pool. Use promo code Grinders. When you sign up today and you will receive 100% instant first deposit match up to 250 plus a bunch of contest tickets. Uh, two for 20 bucks. Uh, if you get uh, $100 to $499, they'll give you four free tickets for 20 bucks and then uh, six free tickets if you go with 500 bucks more. So go download the Thrive Fantasy app in the Play Store or the App Store, thrivefantasy.com, sign up and prop up today. If Jimmy, you're let, me, prop- let, me, let me jump in here real quick. Let me tell you guys. Uh, I got to give props, sorry for the pun, uh, to Chiefs Prop Shop in the Discord if any of you guys are premium members or you just hang out. Chiefs in there 24-7 talking Thrive and other sites. I'm in there. I usually stick to football. That's where I am on there. Uh, Go check that out in Discord. It's free for everybody. Chiefs Prop Shop uh, gets you all the goods for any of the props. And honestly, Chris, I am starting, as soon as we get sports betting here in New York, My I like sports betting. I like props. Um, especially as you have less time in life, maybe as you get a little bit older, seems a lot easier than trying to figure out, should I play David Johnson or not, right? Hey, you, look, this is why Thrive Fantasy is a place you might want to get to, Britt. So uh, get head, head over there and help those guys out and just start, start kicking some ass. Okay, speaking of props, we got 90.5 receiving yards as a prop, but more importantly, we're showing minus 153 as the touchdown prop for Devontae Adams. Britt, I don't know if you know how odds work, you're supposed to have a plus odds for touchdowns. So uh, Devontae Adams is pretty good at football. They're expecting a lot of fantasy points, rightfully so. Are you going to play him at high ownership? So before we lost the Rams game, my my very take of the week was going to be play Devontae Adams over Cooper Cup in tournaments. Unfortunately, I, we can't do that anymore because everyone is going to be playing Devontae Adams. I think he's obviously right. You look at the... He is absolutely down. This is why I like Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Aaron Rodgers is on fire. Devontae Adams is on fire. There's no other wide receiver you could legitimately look at. Maybe I could see like a Deontay Johnson possible. Like he can get 12 catches for 100 plus yards and a touchdown or something like that. He's really the only other guy that stands out to me in that tier that I can actually look at and expect these monster performances. I have no problem playing Adams. Um, you generally want to be underweight the highest owned wide receiver, except that really hasn't worked out if Cooper Cup has been the highest owned wide receiver mm-hmm. all season. I don't know if that's really going to work out this week either because Adams just projects so good. Um, this Baltimore secondary is garbage. Aaron Rodgers is on fire. 
Uh, I, I like him. I have no problem being at or even above his ownership as the highest owned wide receiver and generally not a stance I take on that. This reminds me of like the team Jam and Min era of DFS where like all these guys just keep scoring fantasy points and they just won't stop. You know, you've got Jonathan Taylor just refuses to stop scoring touchdowns. Devontae Adams, uh, similar situation, just, you know, well, I mean, I guess in recent weeks, hasn't been that great for him. But when you see 30 point performances, two out of the last four weeks, you've been sad that you didn't have Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup is even worse. So situation here with Adams, as you mentioned, uh, very good and worthy of the ownership by your recommendation. Now, Devontae Parker is a much different story. He's only 4.3. So the price tag is less than half of what you're paying for Devontae Adams. But you're also getting him against the, the Jets uh, with Tua. You know, you, there's a lot of ups and checks and, and minuses here with a guy like Devontae Parker in terms of whether he's going to help you win a daily fantasy tournament. Do you believe that the high ownership is merited for him? Well, sort of some of the ownership sort of tied to um, Tua being highly owned, but that's also because Tua is highly owned because Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki are cheap and they've lost Jalen Waddle. So it's like a double-edged sword. This would be one of those things I probably wouldn't like there's a couple other cheaper wide receivers, right? We have Gabe Davis, who's going to be a little bit lower owned. Um, there's some dart throws you can make at the position too, uh, I believe, to maybe get some of the upside of Devontae Parker. I would definitely play Parker over a guy like Cole Beasley. If you're looking for tournament upside, I'm, I guess I'm a little bit more down on Beasley with Gabe Davis in there, who is, Davis is like their red zone threat. He, he, he catches all the touchdowns for that team. So I, I do like Gabe Davis quite a bit. Um, Parker's fine. Uh, certainly, you know, this isn't the cash show, but he is the cash game wide receiver for sure. Uh, tournaments, obviously he has some upside. Um, you've got Gasecki on him. Uh, you can get a little weird. You can toss in an Albert Wilson or something like that. If you're trying to differentiate your two stacks or one of those hail Marys that I like, um, from a dolphins player. Um, but I think Parker's fine. I expect a good game. Um, I just wouldn't like, unless you're playing Tua, it's just so many lines. If, if you don't set settings in lineup HQ or you don't use some common sense, right? You're going to end up with a lot of Gaskin, Parker, and Gasecki on your teams this week. If you're hand building, don't just throw all of those guys in there unless you have Tua or, God forbid, a, a run back on a Zach Wilson team. I don't think anyone's going to attempt anything as crazy as that, though, Jamino. Um, I'm fine with Parker. I expect a big game, big body, end zone target. Um, Seems fine, but of the higher own wide receivers, I would certainly be, you know, a little bit more skeptical on him and probably the Cole Beasley and the Debo Samuel as guys I might be a little underweight on. So, yeah, so Cole Beasley, like if you were playing props last week, I should have gotten that prop shop and give, <laughs> gave him my take that there was like no way 4.5 reception under was going to hit. Like it was over four and a half against Tampa Bay all day long. Against uh, Carolina, I'm not so sure. Uh, it's certainly more live uh, to, to, you know, to go under five receptions for a guy like Beasley this week. And, and, and of course, the Carolina defense being pretty good, uh, not such a great week to expect a touchdown from him. So I'm with you there, uh, you know, especially if you're not stacking Josh Allen, you, know, you probably don't want to be too near to Cole Beasley. Christian Kirk's a different story, right? We don't really, like you said, we don't really know who the number one guy is because really isn't one in Arizona. But on any given week, if, the, if it runs in his direction, he could have a huge game against Detroit. So how are you treating this? Is he First of all, is he going to be popular? It looks like he is based on our projections. And secondly, you know, are you afraid to play him, you know, as, as, assuming that he's not necessarily the most consistent of players? 
I could spell Christian correctly, I'm trying to pull up his game log without DeAndre Hopkins this year. So I'm going to read this off for everybody. So we've got five. So this was a five target game with two receptions and 25 yards with no touchdowns against Seattle. Uh, against Carolina, eight targets, seven receptions, 58 yards. Again, no touchdown. Uh, against San Francisco, six for six for 91, no touchdowns. So there's certainly a lot of variability to his outcome this week, even without DeAndre Hopkins. Um, are they going to play maybe Rondell Moore more now because we know Hopkins is out for the season? You know, all of us Rondell Moore truthers maybe can hope for something like that. Um, is it going to be Wesley who just sort of runs routes and maybe takes a couple of targets away? Will they need to pass in the fourth quarter? Is Eno Benjamin going to come in and get 50 yards and a touchdown to close out the game? So there is a lot of variability in Kirk's game. Um, I think he's fine. I, I guess outside of, you know, I'm looking at this outside of Devonte Adams. I, I guess I would probably rank him Adams Parker. Um, in terms of the, the guys I would want to use at their ownership, then it's a, a very big, big drop-off, in my opinion. I'd put Kirk, and then I have another drop-off between Beasley and, and Debo in terms of the top five there and the guys I would personally want to use. Yeah. Right now, all these guys are clocking in close to 20%. I have to I have to wonder. Just It's a non-game slate, so I'm just not used to seeing this many 20% guys. Mm-hmm. You know, But I, I guess that's the reason why we're seeing a little bit more of them this week. Gabriel Davis, you mentioned – um, let's talk about some of these guys that we haven't mentioned, like Stefan Diggs. So the ownership with Stefan Diggs is going to be pretty high. The matchup is, you know, it's not the most ideal against Carolina, but then again, we can expect that, you know, the bills are, you know, as usual, not going to have all that much of a running game. So they're, if they're going to be getting it done this week, and you believe they will, Diggs certainly has a good chance to be part and parcel to that. The question is with, you know, close to 20% ownership, if you're not playing a Josh Allen stack, are you playing Stefan Diggs? Yeah, I think you can certainly do that because it's he has the you know he still got 13 targets last week. He's he has the ability to post these giant games. He's really only done it once so far this year, um, and I think his his actual matchup I believe is reasonably tough this week uh, against a, a Carolina secondary. But I still like if you're of course you're going to play digs with Josh Allen because what do the Bills want to do? They want to throw the ball over and over and over again eventually that volume should lead to lead to some good games but honestly in terms of in terms of ownership and sort of this this 20 percent starting at like gabe davis again this is currently on friday this will all change by the time sunday or saturday by the time sunday rolls around but this davis digs deontay johnson um i am playing sterling shepherd jamino i don't care what you tell me the ownership's gonna be i'm not playing him A.J. Green, C.D. Lamb, Ayuk, Jamar Chase. This is where I want to live this week because these are some really good players that have that slate-breaking upside that for one reason or another people aren't going to use, right? So if everybody's using Christian Kirk and A.J. Green's going to come in at a 3-to-1 advantage in ownership, right? Of course I would want to play A.J. Green over Christian Kirk in that specific one. So that's this is the tier I want to live in this week. I even have some guys who you currently have very low that I am very interested in. So I'm going to have to try to change your mind on a couple of players as we progress. Yep. And, you know, certainly we'll have to examine if you like, if you like them, you know, other people, Britt, believe it or not, you don't like see things that other people don't see. I mean, most people are pretty smart out there playing DFS these days, at least, 
there's a lot of people that are. So if you're seeing it off the question, whether or not maybe the ownership needs to be a little bit higher, but I'm address. just a total donkey. I, I, I just go, <laughs> I go with what I think. And I, I, I listen to very few things over the week. I have my opinions and I generally try to stick to them. Yes. Britt, once again, reminding us he is a donkey, but I, <laughs> I, will, I will still say that if you've got an opinion on a guy being too low, I want to hear it. Okay. So you mentioned Deontay Johnson, you know, he's certainly going to be over 15% owned. Um, there, there's not a lot to get excited about here with Sterling Shepard, albeit that if he does what he has been doing with Daniel Jones, uh, he could certainly be pretty, a, a pretty good play, but it's not going to be Daniel Jones. It's Mike Lennon. He stinks. So a little bit, a little bit tougher to get behind that. Anything else here in the mid tier you want to talk about before we get to tight ends? I mentioned Deontay Johnson. I want to stress him again. I think he could possibly be in line for a big game. Uh, let's see. I, I, Ook for sure. I would bump his ownership up if you're, um, you're anti Debo Samuel, like I am. I, 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 that's a great, you know, uh, I do a lot in the stock market. You know, you, you buy long one stock, you short another stock. So it's like a Paris trade. If you're over on Iuk, you're going to be under on a Debo Samuel, somebody like that. That is something I like to do. Um, that's probably in don't sleep on Michael Gallup and I'll get to, I've got two crappers uh, when we get a little bit later in the show as well. Yeah. Don't ask me about stocks. I only own meme stocks, Britt. Right, <laughs> hey, AMC was up like 21% if you were on that let's, yesterday. Let's, if you like meme stocks or Rotor Grinders ownership projections and this show, go ahead and like, and subscribe this channel. It's a great way to get the content pushed to you when stuff comes off the presses uh, again, if you're on YouTube, go and smash the like button. Subscribe if you're on the podcast feed and get Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Contact into your ears and eyes. Now, on the tight end position, George Kittle on some sites like FanDuel is going to be exceptionally popular. On DraftKings, he is 7,500 and rightfully so, a little bit less popular because you got Mike Kosicki at top. But is George Kittle going to do it again? Are we going to see the massive performance that we've seen two weeks in a row absolutely pummeling the DFS slate? So... Uh, the answer is maybe the thing to think about, right? So if it's not George Kittle, it's it's definitely Brandon. I they have abandoned Jeff. So let's just look at what the 49ers do, right? Jeff Wilson runs the ball horribly, gets no targets anymore. So they're throwing to Hasty and Kyle Uzcheck. Those are not efficient targets. So what have they started to do? Hey, George Kittle, pretty good. Let's get him the ball. 40% of the time we throw the football, and good things have happened two weeks in a row. Debo, you're now a pseudo running back. And Ayuk, you do your thing. We're going to give you like six to 12 targets. It's going to vary upon how our opponents play that week. This is the 49ers offense, how it's operated the past two weeks. Why would they not change it? I think they've had reasonably good results. So it's very hard for me to not put Kittle at like a minimum of what, a 30% target share since he's hit 40% plus in two straight weeks, right? So you got to think something like that should continue. Um, if it doesn't, where do those targets go? Does then maybe Debo creep back into getting a couple more receptions? Do they go to Ayuk? So just think about your lineups that way when you're approaching Kittle. I certainly would project him as the highest scoring tight end this week by a reasonable margin. I expect him to be one of the highest owned, specifically on FanDuel. You've got him second owned on DraftKings. I agree completely with, with that. It's freaking Atlanta. What, what don't you want to play George Kittle for? Yeah, I, don't, I think there's an outside shot that maybe he gets above Gasicki here too, who's, again, you know, he's a good, pretty good cheap pairing option with Tua, uh, but also, you know, just the 5K price point, uh, not 
completely untenable here. There's not a lot of cheap options either. So that also helps on a shorter slate to see a lot of Gasicki. I mean, God, I mean, Kyle Pitts just, you know, he hasn't lived up to expectations. He's, He's 5.5. Uh, I still think, I don't know if people are still going to click the button. Maybe we need to shave off some of that. Uh, I definitely, you know, I see Evan Ingram and James O'Shaughnessy are the next guys checking in here. I mean, at this point in time, I'm ready to go ahead and do my update for the night and push like, you know, 25 on Gasicki and 22 on on Kittle. I, I think those two guys are really going to run away with the ownership here at the tight end position. What do you think? Yeah, I, I do agree they should be the highest on. I so I I Pitts is since this new offense has emerged post Calvin Ridley. He's getting the targets, but this Atlanta offense is so inefficient that I, I don't think I'd want to spend four Kyle Pitts when there's another pass catcher who's pretty reasonably outperformed him since Calvin Ridley's go, gone down. Um, no, don't so, do it. So, so maybe I, I like that guy a little bit as a, as a low-owned play, specifically if you're trying to do something in that San Francisco game. Uh, I'll just Evan Ingram. He ain't it. Uh, Sterling Shepard ain't it. I'm out on all these giants. There's just, there's no way you can convince me to use these guys. Um, I sort of like the, the Mark Andrews tier uh, of ownership where he's like 5% and can post these massive games uh, gives you. It's really hard to think after what Kittle's done the past couple of weeks that Andrews has the ability to beat him, but he certainly does in a single game situation. And if it's at what, four to one ownership advantage um, and you save some money on a site like DraftKings, that's certainly in the wheelhouse and you can get reasonably frisky on the low end. I think this week, Jamino, I don't know how many of these guys um, I want to talk about, but Dawson Knox, right. He is the Cole Beasley arbitrage um, du jour of the week. Uh, the Gabe Davis touchdown catching um you know, leverage play of the week at the tight end position, in my opinion. So he's someone I would certainly give some credence to as um, I'm just thinking uh, I'll well, keep, let's, my, let's save uh, some of the rest of them for the end here. Yeah. I, I got one. I got one more for sure. All right. Which quick run over defense. Uh, you know, it's, it's difficult to talk about defense in a vacuum because on FanDuel you, you often see a lot different pricing structure on these defenses to the, and, and it's on the slate in general, to the point where you can probably get to Arizona on FanDuel and against Detroit, I think you're probably going to want to do that. At least you're going to, you're going to want to consider it closely with a, with a team, you know, like the Dolphins against the Jets, right? Because, you know, Zach Wilson's going to throw interceptions. He's going to be up for, for sacks and fumbles and all, all the good stuff that we like to see. Um, who else, who else on defense here is, is up for fantasy points? I, I was getting the bills here against uh some combination of Cam Newton and PJ Walker, whoever else they're running out of quarterback these days. Um, the Jaguars also checking in with some ownership, but do you think the bills are going to be popular on DraftKings? Yeah, the bills for sure are. They're like that mid tier offense in a big game. They're at home. It's cold. Um, Cam, ain't, he, he ain't it. That's obviously not happening. PJ Walker, uh, as much as you like the XFL, Jamino, he also is not it. I, I regret to inform you. So, <laughs> so this Carolina offense, Looks to be in some trouble. Uh, I think there's a reasonable expectation of multiple turnovers and sacks and all that stuff. So I like them for sure at the top. Um, you can get pretty off the board, I think, if ownership's going to come in on like the Cowboys at 5% uh, against Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm. Uh, yeah, sign yeah. me up for that. I know it costs a little bit more. You have money on, you don't, I mean, you don't have the money, but there's extra salary if you want it on DraftKings this week. If you just want to get a little different, 
that, you know, what do, what do they do? They get interceptions every single game. They get turnovers every single game. Uh, they score touchdowns. Uh, I think the Cowboys have the ability to get a pick six for sure this week, in my opinion. Yeah, not not a bad take at all. And again, because 3,600, it's going to be tougher to get there. I mean, if you're going to – look, if you can find the extra 400 for the Cardinals, I, I would say that if they're really going to be low-owned on DraftKings against Detroit, you know, I wouldn't say – that that's like it's like the most beautiful spot but just in terms of the ownership versus upside situation there with the cardinals i mean there's something to be said there about uh you know what happens if the, if the cardinals end up getting a lead here in this spot and then you're really then you're really pinning your ears back and getting after jared goff uh could be a situation to watch there at low ownership as well okay Britt, we've got to talk about low owned plays and this is what we do each week you know this we go into the we go in we're looking at the millionaire maker stuff you know we we're not talking about who who's low owned in the three max right like, you know, you, you might not have to go all the way to the bottom to get in, in, in the three max. But uh, as far as these big two fields are concerned, sometimes it helps to have one, two, three guys. Well, what's the number? You tell us. How many of these low-owned guys do we really – should we really be aiming for? The guys that are really in the range of making our lineup unique to try to get to the top of the million maker. So, one, this week low-owned, I would put it like – so when I look at the millionaire maker, I look at 5% below. You could probably squeeze that up to like 7% this week because we have nine games, right? So basically across the board, quarterback, as long as you're, you know, I could probably bump that to like 10% this week because it's just with the condensing of games and there's not really a lot of plays. But um, generally, it you this year has been a very different year compared to last year. This year has very much mimicked the previous years of 2018 and 2019 when we had fans in the stands when there were holding penalties being called on the field because all that did not happen last year it is all happening this year um so the average ownership has gone down um very considerably this year compared to last year in terms of the lineups because last year we just put Patrick Mahomes with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and we play the highest owned running back and we you would just print money all of last year None of that works this year. Um, Runbacks aren't really working. Um, so it's like last year we were around just under two, uh, 5% owned or less plays per week. Uh, this year, I believe we're up to almost two and a half, which is a pretty big jump. That is one of the higher ones over the past three or four seasons. So you got you to gotta mix it up in these ultra large field tournaments, either using rules and lineup HQ or using some common sense when you're making lineups. Yeah, and notice, notice Britt didn't say eight, right? Like we're, we're talking about the two to there three were, guys. I did have the first eight ever. Some team had eight, 5% or own less players this year. That's how wonky this season has been. <laughs> All right, well, I, I, like, I like two or three better. Let's start with the quarterback position. Who do you like at low ownership here? Uh, so we mentioned uh, Aaron Rodgers as definitely the guy for sure. If, if, if he's low. If, he's if, low. The, if the ownership is low, and I would play him over Dak pretty easily in my opinion. Um, so Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is definitely my guy. Um, we talked a little Trevor Lawrence. So the toilet bowl looks pretty juicy to me, honestly, Jimmy, you know, between Trevor Lawrence and Davis Mills, Mills has quietly turned in three 20 plus, maybe even like 24 plus point performances. A lot of those are garbage time. I don't know if we're going to get too much garbage time here, but you got cooks and whatever else they want to throw out there at wide receiver. Um, there's a couple other, like you can mix it up in the garbage bowl, in my opinion. Um, and it gives you maybe some, I don't know, just getting leverage off of James Robinson. I expect Robinson to have a good game, but in the doubt, in the, the game, he runs for 110 yards, but doesn't get in the end zone, the passing game for 
the Jaguars is all low owned. So it's just like this ultra leverage, one of the biggest leverage spots I've seen. If it works, right? You got to have some stones to make it work on the Jaguar side. You got to have even more to make it work on the Texan side. But those are probably um, a couple of my favorite plays here. I just wish we had a Christian McCaffrey or a Cooper Cup to pay up for because that's why you would want to use it. You don't have it this week, but you can still get a little creative and make it work. Yeah. Hey, real quick. I think those, those are pretty good options. I'm not going to add another one here, but I want to ask about Lamar Jackson. If he's out, where would you expect uh, Huntley's ownership to, to check in here? I mean, is he, is he going to be someone, we don't really need the savings, like you said, and he wasn't, he didn't exactly light it up against the bears. So like, what are we, what are we doing here if we don't get Jackson? I mean, he'll be what two to on this slate, three to four percent on maybe two to three something like that i would probably put him in there as yeah i think the answer that we're looking for here is that you're not immediate you're not saying he's ultimately the best play by a lot and therefore you know he i mean again if you if you really felt like you were to be a pro huntley guy i guess you could go in that direction uh you know the, against the packers um if this was preseason i'd be all in uh in, in regular season not so much and packers okay. defense pretty good i believe they're starting to get much healthier than they were uh, earlier in the season okay so it's cordell patterson ever going to become uh, more of a hybrid back is, is is this the game where that might actually occur because right now i'm not checking him for a lot of ownership at the moment and if he's going to be under 10 percent owned i think that that is a situation where we've seen him get into the to the range we want to see our backs get to on a relatively weak slate of backs uh, tell me how you feel about Patterson. Is is this going to be look like an, a skull and crossbones take of its own? So what was the, I'm trying to search for it right now in real time. What was the quote where they're like, we're actively trying to rest our veterans down the stretch here. And we've sort of seen that with Patterson over the past couple of weeks where he's not that 85 to 90% explosive playmaker snap rate type of player when he was having those big games. And it's sort of pushed down relegated to being basically a between the tackles grinder for the Atlanta Falcons. Does that sound like an explosive fantasy player anymore? So with that quote and the coaches come out and said it, and we also have the statistics on the field to back it up. So I think that that is a real thing that I would believe in less so of the Michael Carter quote, getting him a large workload. Right. So I have two very specific things here. So like, could he have a good game? Could they give him some more snaps? Sure. But it seems like they're really trying to limit that personally. It is definitely tough out there under the 10% mark. So if you've got a better one, I would love to hear it. I was, was going to talk uh, David Johnson. That was my guy before Rex Burkhead is questionable. So make sure to check on that one. Uh, let me pull up a running back here. I believe I had one more. I'd, oh, yes, I do have one. Uh, I'm going to go back about five years in DFS, maybe even like six, Jamino. Can I, are you, do you, do you, can you think of what I'm talking about here? I want to hear this. I, you know, if you're if you're going back five six years, I can't remember five six minutes ago. So uh, I'm going to need some help. Can I interest you in Devonta Freeman at all? Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to buy this. Go ahead. Yep. So he's like the old, like he is the lead running back. Whatever that's worth in this Ravens offense, he's the lead running back. Um, 
you know, when he's gotten into the end zone in the past four weeks, he's gotten in there twice. He's hit 20 plus fantasy points in each. He's definitely involved in the passing game. His role seems pretty solid, regardless of whether Lamar Jackson plays or not. He's literally the only guy I can find down here that doesn't need some sort of weirdness in game to get there. In my opinion, um, he has the, the majority of the role he's coming in at 5% owned or less, no matter what we talk about it here, Jamino, we're not going to get him above 5%. Uh, so Freeman's probably that, that one guy for me. You know, his name's like invisible to me because it's been invisible for so long. I'm glad you brought this up because I think this is a pretty good take. I think there is definitely a chance that Devontae Freeman, if he's going to be under 10% on, which it looks like at the moment he's going to be, uh, could be one of those guys that could fill that spot pretty admirably at relatively low ownership. Good call. Who do you have at wide receiver? All right. So I got two for you. Um, I'm going to start with one where um, the Blitz personally has this guy super sky high. Um, and that's uh, Amara St. Brown of the Lions. So I'm going to go into why I think the Blitz might have him up as high as it does, because I sort of can get behind this. So since the Lions have lost DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, that's been two games, they have effectively abandoned throwing to the running backs out of the backfield. They no longer have TJ Hawkinson. There's literally no one else to throw the ball to, Jamino, other than St. Brown. He's done it two games in a row. I think it's pretty silly to project, what, 12 targets for him again or something like that that he's had in the past two weeks. Oh, I just pulled up a quantum of St. Brown. Definitely do not want to play uh, him. Oh, is he already in my lineup? I'm trying to find him over here on DraftKings to get his game long. But he's got double back-to-back 12 target games. He got in the box once in one of those. He's got eight receptions and 10 receptions. He's got a run in there as well, probably on like some little pop pass or uh, something. I don't know too much about that. But I guess the point is, I think Arizona is going to pretty much dust Detroit and they're going to, um, who's the creative player running back they played last week from the Lions? Oh, Craig Reynolds. This yeah, is why Craig... you got to hang out for preseason. If you hung out with us for preseason, you would know Craig Reynolds. He yeah, came so... in there and did, he did the job. I called it in the Slack. I said, look, he's he's the guy that's going to ruin the lineups of Godwin I, whatever his last name is. You know, like, and he he did an even better job than I thought he was going to. But this, you won't see, uh, you won't see too much Craig Reynolds this week. That's for sure. Yeah. So once he gets out, they just they don't really pass to the running backs anymore. There's really nowhere else. I would, what do you, what do you have them at? Like two, one, 2%. I would tell you to effectively at least triple that. I think he's going to gain some steam. Um, there are a lot of people that use uh, Cardi's information out there. And I think he should um, probably gain some steam. The other one uh, is Russell Gage, a little bit of a down week last week, but he is, he is the number one target from Matt Ryan, whatever that's worth. Um, it, you know, he had, uh, a couple big games there. Uh, I was looking, you know, you talk about props. Um, I was over on Price Picks. His receiving prop was like 49 and a half yards or something like that. Um, go hit the over on that. Combine it with whatever you want. He's going to get that. Thank me later. Um, they're not going to be winning this game like they were against Carolina last week. Um, the 49ers were one of my favorite bets of the week. I think they absolutely dust Atlanta. That means lots of targets for Russell Gage, and he will not get his snap share reduced like Corderell Patterson. So uh, give me some Gage. Um, you've got him at about 2%. I expect that to stick, so he's sort of like my sleeper play. 
look, if you think James Robinson is chalk and you think Marvin Jones reports that he absolutely despised the way that Urban Meyer was running things, it would not be crazy to think that Trevor Lawrence and Marvin Jones are going to conspire to flex all over Urban Meyer with a nice couple of uh, touchdowns here in this game. Now, it doesn't have to be two. We have 4,600. We can deal with just one. We certainly can expect, you know, somewhere above five targets for the guy. And if he actually has some success against a weak Houston defense, this ownership under 10% is going to be too slight. We have him under 5% right now. If that sticks. That is certainly one you're going to want to take a look at. Who do you like at tight end? Uh, tight end. So we mentioned a couple. I mentioned Knox. I mentioned Mark Andrews. Uh, I'm going to get even crustier in my picks if i guess maybe that's a, a word i'm gonna call just give me one because I, I i save me one all right i'm gonna throw out brevin jordan who if I, if, if we're gonna play some of that he's 2800 he's literally the lowest priced white tight end that you can jam into a lineup in my opinion uh seven targets last week four targets the week before he got into the end zone last week if i like davis mills if we think this game, I think this game could maybe score some points, honestly. I think there's something happening in this game. If I want to use some of these guys, Brevin Jordan looks like he's playing the snaps, getting the targets, got into the end zone, 2,800 on DraftKings. Why not? I actually I actually like Brevin Jordan, so that, that's a pretty good call. I mean, he scored a couple of times lately. So, I mean, you know, I don't know if there's going to be a huge game here, but he's cheap, so you can get it done on DraftKings. Hey, you mentioned the Arizona Cardinals, right? They don't have four good wide receivers right now. So what happens if you don't have four good wide receivers? You're not playing four on the field at the same time very often. That means Zach Ertz's fat ass is going to be waddling out there more often than usual. And even if he's not, this situation against the Lions where if you don't like the ownership on Christian Kirk and you don't like the ownership on A.J. Green and Rondell Moore, you can go ahead and take a peek on DraftKings at this fairly light ownership at the tight end position for Ertz. Maybe it creeps up a little bit here. I don't expect it to be very high. Certainly won't be as high as your guy, Mike Asicki, and he could end up getting it done in this spot. Folks, that is going to do it for the ownership report. I wish you the very best of luck in all of your contests for Brit Divine. I'm Chris Gimino. We'll be back again next week. Go win something. Mm-hmm.